Good morning on this Tuesday morning. Welcome to our devotional Golden Nuggets. Food for thought and for the imagination. We're continuing on some of the hindrances to prayer in our relationship to God and our spiritual walk. Why sometimes or many times many of the things that we pray for or ask for uh, don't seem to come to maturity in our lives. And we've looked at quite a number of things in the past few days. But today we want to continue looking at the book of Matthew, where Jesus was actually teaching on prayer when he said, when you pray, pray after this manner or follow this, uh, I, I, I use the word template or this model. He didn't actually mean for us to just repeat the words of that prayer but to understand exactly what the relationship was. It begins with our Father. In order for us to approach our Heavenly Father, we must approach Him through Jesus. There is no other way. In the book of John, in chapter number 14, Jesus outlined something that was absolutely tremendous. We can actually miss it. Uh, without realizing it, by looking at something else. In other words, we, our, our attention is, is drawn to something else, and we miss the whole picture of what he wanted to show us there. But if we read it, look at it slowly, we'll begin to understand and grasp a little bit more. So Jesus said, when you pray, pray our Father which art in heaven. In John 14, 1, let not your hearts be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there's the relationship that Jesus had that was so unbroken, so perfect. A father and a son. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And it says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And then it says in verse 14, And where I go, you know, and the way you know. He said, Jesus is saying, Look, we are going to a certain destiny. It's not so much heaven itself, which it's part of it, but that's not it. Heaven without the Heavenly Father means nothing. The Heavenly Father without heaven uh, means everything. But because our Heavenly Father loves us so much that He was willing to make man in such a way that He would create a heaven and an earth so that man could partake of earth here. And then Jesus made it possible for us to be able to partake of heaven in the future. But the relationship is what counts. The relationship of a son and a father. Jesus went to go prepare a place for us ahead of time. And then it says, you know, 
you know, uh, where I go, you know, and the way, you know. So Jesus himself right here gives us the identification and the description of two things that are actually taking place. He says, this is how you're going to get there. And this is the there where you are going. The there where you are going is Father's house. And how to get there is going to be through me. I am the way. He goes on to say in verse number uh, 5, Then says Thomas unto him, Lord, we know not where you go. And how can we know the way? See, it's two questions that are popping up. Where are you going and how are you going to get there? We're taking a trip. The trip is the way that we're going to get there. But where we're going on that trip is our final destination. And Jesus says, the Father's house is the destination. The Father is the destination. The place where he's going to be is where we're going to be. I'm going to come back for you. But then he says, you also know how to get there. How to get there is going to be through me. He says in John 14, 6, Jesus said unto him, talking about Thomas, remember, Thomas is the one that had said, Lord, I'm not going to believe unless I put my fingers and touch. And it says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Jesus identifies right here how the way is, how we're going to get there. It's going to be through him. There is no other way. There's no substitute other than Jesus himself. There is nothing else that can take the place. There is no one else that can take the place of the person of Jesus. He is the one that has identified that perfect relationship with the Heavenly Father he has shown us and manifested that relationship with the Heavenly Father. And now he says, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. The reason you can only come to the Father by me is because I am the one that has demonstrated. I am the one that has shown you. I am the one that came down from heaven to show you what the relationship of a son is to the father and what the relationship of a father is to a son. When we get to the following verses, it says in verse number seven, if you have had known me, you should have known my father also. And from henceforth, you know him and you have seen him. So Jesus, of course, here, he is talking about him and the relationship with the heavenly father if you've seen me i have manifested the father if you've heard me you have heard the father whatever i have done whatever you have seen it was the father saying it and doing it through me and when you saw me you saw me in my relationship with my father being obedient seeking knowing and doing his will and the Father was always pleased with me. And of course, we know that in the Mount of Transfiguration, those were the words that were used in chapter 17 of the book of Matthew. This is my Son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye Him. 
So when we start off with these words in the prayer, in the model or the template that Jesus showed us, he is saying you have to understand and you have to be in the relationship with your heavenly father. But that relationship is made manifest through me. When you get to know me, you get to know the father. And then Philip says unto him, show us the father and it'll suffice us. Notice the conversation all this time has been centered around the father and how to get there. And Jesus says unto him in verse number nine, have I been so long time with you and yet thou not known me, Philip? And he that has seen me has seen the father. How is it that you say, show us the father? It says in verse number 10, believest thou that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, and the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me or else believe me for the work's sake. So once again, we see that Jesus truly is the way. He is the only way to the Father. And Jesus is also uh, pointing to us the destination and how to get there. Jesus is the way to get there. And where we're going is to the Father. See, when God created Adam, God intended to have a relationship with him that he failed in. Adam was called the son of God. God created him and God wanted a fellowship with Adam and with Eve, but they fell. They fell, they fell, they fell. And in doing so, God had to implement, which he already knew from the beginning, the plan of sending Jesus as the second man, and also as the last Adam. In Jesus, we see everything that the Father is, everything that the Father wants. So, getting back to that one simple verse. When you pray, pray after this manner. Our Father, which art in heaven. So, we come to the Father by Jesus. We come to Jesus as the Holy Spirit draws us to him. And therein is made that fellowship. That if we have fellowship with Jesus, then we will be introduced to the fellowship of the Father. And the fellowship of the Father is manifested in and through the person of Jesus himself. Just look at it. I and the Father are one. Jesus never displeased him. He was obedient in every area of his life. Well, in teaching the prayer there in Matthew, Jesus had taught not only our Father which art in heaven, but he taught that we should ask to know what the will of God is in heaven so that it can be fulfilled here on earth. Now, the hindrances that were there 
when he begins to mention, if you do not forgive men their trespasses, this is uh, Matthew 6, 15, uh, their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. If our trespasses and our sins are not forgiven, then they are still retained. If they are still retained, then that means we still have a debt that we owe God. And if we have a debt that we owe him, there is no way that we're going to personally be able to ever pay it in any way, shape, or form. And if we're not going to be able to pay it, then the consequences of that debt have to be made manifest. But if we follow the guideline and forgive men their trespasses, then our trespasses are also forgiven uh, by our Heavenly Father. Then it says in Matthew 17, 19, so we've seen that unforgiveness or not forgiving people or holding a grudge or bitterness or any likes uh, uh, of, of after this fashion or manner are going to be a hindrance to our prayers because they break they come in between that fellowship between us and Jesus and between us and our Heavenly Father. It says in verse number 19 of chapter 17 of the book of Matthew, Then came the disciples to Jesus apart, and they said unto him. Now this is after he had come down from the Mount of Transfiguration. This is after John, uh, <clears throat> John Peter, and James had heard the voice of the Father. This is my uh, beloved Son. <clears throat> Excuse me. In whom I am well pleased, hear ye him, hear ye him. They came down and they asked Jesus, because when Jesus came down and the disciples that were with him, they found uh, uh, that his other disciples had been trying to cast out a devil out of a young boy, which they could not deal with. And they came and asked him, why couldn't we cast him out? In verse number 20, Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. And, and the word unbelief there basically is faithlessness, disbelief, unfaithfulness, or disobedience. These are all the... Words that can be used to describe what unbelief is. They were not obedient to something. Or they were not faithful to something. They were not faithful or true to the word of God. They weren't faithful or true to the words of Jesus. They weren't faithful or true to walking in what he had said. Or doing in what he had said. So unbelief became a hindrance for their prayer to be answered. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard, uh, of a mustard seed, you would say to this mountain, be removed from here to yonder place, and that, uh, <clears throat> and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. However, this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. So Jesus added another element to prayer. Some things in prayer are going to require fasting. The reason for fasting is not because we're going to move the hand of God and cause him to, uh, to hear us, but because fasting is going to bring us, our physical body and our spirit and our emotions and our thinking all into exactly the right position that they need to be, the right place that they need to be, 
so that unbelief is not controlling our thinking, our lives, even our words and our actions. So prayer may require us to fast. And of course, that's another subject in itself. But for today, consider this food for thought and for the imagination that our Heavenly Father is waiting for us. Are we ready to go through Jesus to be able to say our Heavenly Father, which art in heaven? The Lord richly bless you. Join us tomorrow as we continue along these lines. In Jesus' name, amen.